Hey everybody, welcome back to Is That Too Dark? I'm Nikki. I'm Kaylin. And it's our bonus episode of the month. We're going across the sea to Ireland. Ireland! That is not an Irish accent. No, it wasn't. Um, we're going to tell you the story of Mary Boyle, and Nikki's going to kick us off. This is Ireland's longest cold case. It's like, this is a 45th year or something that this case has still not been solved. So let's start from the beginning. Mary Boyle was born on June 14th, 1970. So she's a Gemini. To Charlie and Anne Boyle, she is actually an identical twin to her sister Anne. So for the sake of the story, I I have, when I wrote it down, wrote Mother Anne and Sister Anne. I know that sounds very religious, but I don't, like, Little Anne and Big Anne just sound weird, you know. Anne Jr. I don't think they ever called her Anne Jr., so. But they actually have an older brother named Patrick, um, and Mary was born in Birmingham, England, but Charlie and Anne are originally from Ireland, and at the age of two, Mary's parents moved the family back to the hometown of County Donegal, Ireland. So I guess the gist of it was is that Mother Anne really wanted to travel, and she wanted to move to the United States, but Charlie was like, nope, I want to raise my kids near their family, and since both their families were from there, they actually met in England, which, like, is one of those, like, weird, small world things, where it's like, they're both from literally the same part in the world, and then they both move to England, and then they meet randomly. We'll call it a meet cute. A meet cute. So he was like, we're not moving to America. We're staying where our family is. So where they settled was like a 60-mile drive from Mother Anne's family. Um, So they were, you know, good, cutie family, very close. The family eventually resided in King's Castle, which is described as a small seaside village. This put them, like I said, just about 60 miles away from Mother Anne's family, which they would visit often, which is where they were on the day of Mary's disappearance. So Mary, her parents, and Patrick, and her sister, obviously, Anne, went to her maternal parents' house in Cashelard. Castellard. Castellard. I'm so sorry. <laughs> this is why I don't do out of the country stuff because I can't even pronounce stuff in the country. Well, and to be fair, there's a lot of extra vowels and stuff. A lot of extra letters. A lot of letters. But they went to their farm to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. They lived on a rural dairy farm near the coast, and it's about 60 miles away from the Boyle home. Joining that celebration was Mary's uncle, Jerry, and he his two kids. I don't know if his wife was there. Never talked about her. They just said he, she had two cousins. So on March 18, 1977, very normal day, the kids were outside playing, and the adults were, I've said doing adult things, but they were getting dinner ready or lunch ready in the house. Um, Mother Anne says the last time she saw Mary was when she ran into the house, kissed her, and said, Mom, I forgot to kiss you this morning before running back outside to continue to play. That is so cute to me. That is I forgot so to kiss precious. you this morning. How cute. Um, so... At some point of the day, Mary's uncle, Jerry, was going to the neighbor's house to return a ladder. The neighbor's farm has been reported to be 400 yards away. 
so Mary was like, um, I don't know if it was like she was like, I'm coming with you or what, but she follows him. It's really, there's not that many reports that say exactly what Jerry said, um, but she follows him. And at some point they had to cross a pond, but the pond was too deep for Mary to walk in. Like it would eventually have her submerged. So again, um, conflicting reports of either Jerry telling her to go back or Mary deciding on her own. The most popular theory is that Mary decided on her own that she was done walking and wanted to go back. Now, this should have been like a five-minute walk. It's a very short walk. So, Jerry continues on. And before we continue on, why would you walk through a pond with a ladder? (laughs) Was there no other way? The quickest way out is through. I guess. (laughs) So, he goes to the neighbor's house, drops off the ladder, and stays to visit for about 30 minutes. He returns to the family farm around 4.30 and just continues to work outside. Doesn't tell anyone he's back. Just continues to work. So at some point, Mother Anne looks out the window, sees all the kids, sees Jerry working, but doesn't see Mary. So she comes outside and is like, hey, has anyone seen Mary? And Jerry's like, well, yeah, she walked with me halfway. You know, this is what I'm envisioning happened. You know, she walked with me and then she walked back. But it's been well over 30 minutes. Like at this point, it's around 6 o'clock. So he returns back at 4.30 and works and then when she's about to call everyone for dinner she's like wait a minute where's mary so it's been at least two hours since mary's been missing mary was last seen in a lilac shirt brown pants black boots and her hair was tied up with ribbons and her sister said she was eating a bag of chips when she walked off to follow her uncle jerry so the family begins searching the farm as well as questioning neighbors and people um, they ran into in town. So again, this is a very small town. So they had to walk at least half a mile to the neighbors and then whoever they would see down the street, they would also talk to them. So this is all they're doing. And I'm like, that has to take a lot of time. Like there's probably four or five adults and however many kids. Um now, the first lead they got, uh, I guess a fisherman was like, oh, yeah, I saw Mary get into a red suspicious car. But he later went on the radio and was like, no, nah, I just saw a suspicious car. Which, he never saw Mary. Like, at all. Like, what a waste of a lead. I just think that people like to involve themselves I don't in stuff it. like this. And they're like, oh, yeah, I saw her. I didn't yeah. do anything about it, but I saw her. And it's, I love your change of accent oh, every time you talk. <laughs> we went from British or whatever this is, but not an Irish accent. Our Irish listeners hate us. That's okay. There's 1%. That's fine. We're fine. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. This is our people. This is our episode to get our viewers, and you're just insulting them. Anyways, um, so after that extensive searching, a man by the name of PJ offers to drive to the police. At this time, no one was able to call the police. I don't know if they didn't have phones or what, but I said because it's the 70s. <laughs> and it's also a really small What's town, so I don't know if they have, like, a phone. I, I wasn't super clear. The research was a little weird on it, but he had to drive there, which is crazy because now it's like your phone will tell you about five times a day. Is this an emergency? If you click the wrong button. Right. And you're oh like, my God. no, please don't call the police. Yeah. The emergency um, is my anxiety from you calling the police Exactly. Officer. The sun was setting, and they needed the additional help. So by the time the police arrive, it's 6.30. Mary's been missing, I'm estimating, for at least three hours. But no one really knows, right? Like, no one knows the exact time she went missing. If the uncle got home at 4.30, it's been at least two hours since uncle got home. But when did she actually go missing in the time of the walk? Everyone at this point was like, Mary just got lost. You know, she's familiar with the farm, but she didn't live on the farm. So everyone's trying to be like, this six-year-old just is lost. However, even with a helicopter aiding in the search, there was no sign of Mary. And after a week of Mary being missing, um, the news at this point was just reporting that 
she's dead. They're looking for her body. Um, but yeah, at this point, they just say, yeah, she's probably dead. Like, it's so fucked up. Could you imagine being her parents and reading the news? And it's like, it's now we're searching for her body when the police never confirmed it. Well, and we'll talk about this later, but the thing, like, they refer to this as Ireland's Madeline McCann's case. Yep. And Madeline McCann's family are still looking for her. You know yep. what I mean? Like, so in America, it's not we're looking for a body. It's we're looking for a lead to find this girl yep. who may have been, you know, traumatized, may have been sold into yep. whatever it is. But it's not we're looking for a body. I do think, though, that people in England or the UK in general are just very straightforward in that way. Like, um, instead of asking how you're doing, it's like, are you all right? Yep. You know, that's like the vernacular. But um, at this point... The Gardai, which is the basically National Guard kind of thing, um, started searching the nearby area, going so far as to drain the lake that was between her grandparents' home and the place Jerry went to drop off the ladder. Um, they also went so far as to reconstruct the scene on film using Mary's twin, Anne, as the stand-in for Mary. This is so crazy. I saw this in my research, and I wrote it a little bit. Like, I wrote extra notes so I could bring this back. Mm -hmm. I guess they were hoping that, like, they, since they were twins, had some weird twin telepathy, and she would do exactly what Mary did, but all little Anne did was just walk the right way. Right. And And I think they were hoping that she would exactly reenact what Mary did, and they were disappointed when it didn't happen. I'm like, yes, twins, I think, have a weird connection and have weird telepathy, but not as much to know what happened when her sister went missing. Like, she's six. Right. And how traumatic for the family to have lost Mary and then watch Anne recreate losing Mary. Yeah. Um, and for Anne to have to be the stand-in for her twin, I just think that that's really Well, I don't know up. what they were expecting her to know exactly what happened to her sister. Wouldn't you think if she knew that, she would say it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 70s. Right. <laughs> um, the case, obviously, is still, you know, not necessarily closed because they haven't resolved anything, but it, it still has ongoing investigation. So in 2008, the RTE, which is an Irish public broadcast, um, they put out a documentary film about Mary's disappearance. Um, they have a series called Cracking Crime, and they did an episode. They Well, sorry, not to interrupt. I think we kind of glossed over this. There was nothing. Right. There was no part, no clothing, no anything that could have told you where she went. There was no footprints. Like in our Bobby Dunbar episode, there was only footprints. There was absolutely nothing to tell anyone where she went, and there was no leads. Right. No leads. And the police were hesitant to continue pushing the story onto the forefront of things, and it really took the family and friends of the family to kind of push it forward and keep it going. Because the police seemed like they did decent work. They did the helicopter. They had divers search the pond. They drained the pond eventually and found absolutely nothing on the farm. Right. Which, I mean, where do you go when you, you know, it's a small town. You talk to everyone. No one's saying anything, and that's it. It's like, literally, she disappeared into thin air. Absolutely. Maybe aliens took her. I mean, I'm not barring the supernatural. I don't necessarily think aliens were like, this is the perfect farm to abduct a human from. However, um, I agree. There wasn't really much more to do, but to let the case just rest. And I think that public opinion really came into play at this point. Um, One of the family friends, her name's Margot O'Donnell. She's a little bit famous, actually, for a lot of her search efforts and for her voice around this case 
she funded a lot of the searches in trying to locate Mary's body, mostly in the surrounding hillsides. Being that it was farmland, the neighbors were pretty spread out, you know, obviously the closest being about half a mile away where Uncle Jerry went to drop off the ladder. Um, the police did still continue to search. It wasn't like they stopped searching. They just weren't very public about it. So the police have continued continued to search since 1977. Um, the latest search having taken place actually in 2016 by the Garda Shoshana. However, no evidence has been found, even still, and Mary is still considered a missing person. I mean, what were they expecting to find in 2016 besides her body? You know right. what I mean? Like, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, there's her shoe. Or, you know, DNA evidence or anything. But I'm glad like they're still searching. But right. Yeah, there'd be no DNA. You're just looking for a body at that point. And I think, honestly, a lot of this is the court of public opinion, right? So um, I'll go over this in a second. But basically, the publicity on this case has been so damaging to yeah. a lot of political careers I that I think it's like, well, we're not giving up now. We've already fucked everybody over. So the publicity surrounding the case is actually in part due to those allegations um, that there was political interference. So Sean McEniff is a well-known politician in Ireland, um, but allegedly he called and told the Garda to absolutely not look into their main suspect, which Nicole will take us through in a little bit. But Margot O'Donnell, the friend of the family, is said to have walked up to Sean McEniff in 1977 and accused him of making that call. He vehemently denies it he's is absolutely not i have nothing to do with it he actually was in litigation to sue for defamation when margot o'donnell put out a documentary titled mary boyle the untold story that directly blames him like i mentioned before given how long mary has been missing the guardian has labeled this case ireland's madeline mccann um, it's still now the longest-running missing child's case in modern Irish history. But despite this and the publicity that it's attracted, it has not been taken to the dial Aaron, which is lower courts, kind of like how before you go to the Supreme Court, you go through the appellate courts and stuff here. Um, it appeared in the European Parliament, thanks to Lynn Boylan's assertion that the lack of the direction in the case was appalling. Basically, that... No one was taking the lead, and every possible avenue to take was taken, but half-heartedly. Yeah. So, you know what, though? we I know we talked a little bit about Ireland's Madeline McCann. I want to dive a little bit deeper into this, because it's not like it at all. Like, the more I'm thinking about right. the cases, Madeline McCann's a huge case. Mm-hmm. But they're not similar in any type of way, because, yes, they, I mean, obviously. Um, so, McCann. the reason why I think this is a really bad similarity um is because so madeline mccann's parents obviously are still searching for her there was a decent amount of evidence of where she went and the idea of sex trafficking is very big in that case where in the 70s no one talked about sex trafficking i know it was definitely around but there was no word on it so i just don't understand like the similarities besides that it's a white blonde child that went missing that was about the same age but I guess what other missing kid can you right, compare they're not. it to? I don't know. But I would definitely... And it's also just a time difference. But right, I don't really like the comparison is what I'm saying. Right. And I don't think that they need to compare it, right? Each case is valid in its yeah, own. I like, just feel like we people always try to compare it. Like, any case. And I'm like, there doesn't need to be a comparison. They're all different. And they all don't need to be compared. 
Well, and the similarities in cases almost make it more tragic. Like, think about, you know, Chris Watts and Scott, Scott Peterson, Peterson. Literally what or Brian Laundrie now is in that boat of, yeah. you know, men who... Like, it just sucks that everyone, you know, no matter the 70s or the 2000s, people are still doing this to kids. People are still taking kids, so. Exactly. Anyways, let's continue. So, in 2016, um, an Irish investigative journalist, Gemma Gemma O'Doherty, produced a documentary called Mary Boyle, The Untold Story, which explores several possible causes for her disappearance. In the documentary, Anne is interviewed and claims that Mary was sexually abused and then Little murdered. Anne. Little Anne. Sorry, yes. Yeah, Sister, Sister Anne. Sister Anne. Um, the film, as we know, has taken on a lot of criticism, specifically by those who were interviewed for the film. Both retired Garda sergeants were who were involved in the case were interviewed and they shared their story on screen, but they actually denied the allegations that any political pressure was put onto their like inquiry into her disappearance. One claims the most pressure he received was being given the direction to quote, ease off when questioning a suspect in the case. But this instruction came from a senior officer in the room, not the political figure who may have had stake in the investigation. O'Doherty was sued for defamation by Sean McEniff for 75,000 euro. Even though his name was never directly mentioned, the innuendo was enough um, for bearing on his case. He actually died, Sean McEniff did, in 2019, but a judge actually granted his estate leave to continue on with the case, and they were awarded that 75,000 euro. That's crazy. Which I... Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, to me, it is crazy, right? Like, he was the one, like, you fucked up my name and made me look bad politically. I'm dead now, but his family gets to That's great, benefit. though, because, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, the, there are people are still not, oh, you're this person's family member, this, that, or the other. So they're still probably, I'm sure, getting tons of speculation on them. But I want to know what Sister Anne's... Where is her evidence that her sister was sexually abused and murdered? Right, and I almost wonder, and we'll talk about this a little later, because there's a huge rift in the family, right? Like, it's not Mary's missing and we're all getting along really well. It's Mary's missing, her sister won't shut up, mom wants it to be done, like... Why would you want to to think that about your sister if there's no evidence? Like, I would get if her body was found in that show there, but I just, like, yeah, that is maybe likely what happened, probably pretty likely but why would that be something you want to think about if it wasn't true especially well, like it's not something yeah to make what if it isn't of. true right and i think that's i don't know another, you're like speculating the worst like right i'm immediately going to worst case scenario i'm like but why right there's no need to i'm wondering and there's not a lot of research about this again i think because of the rift in the family but i'm wondering if it was a family member that was committing um, a sexual abuse I'm I have a speculation but we can talk about that at the end okay because I have I'll talk about during suspects because I'm yeah okay um in 2018, relatives and supporters of the family engaged in a silent protest outside of the coroner's office in Stranerlar. Um, It was intended to force the coroner to inquire further into Mary's death, which would allow for those key witnesses to be interviewed on public record for the first time ever in the case. Sister Anne was actually among the group helping to handle the position, which amassed 10,000 signatures demanding that the inquest be held. Um, and actually, there were results from this. Following that protest in March 2018, the Gardai issued a new request for information regarding the case and stated that the investigation was still ongoing. This protest and these signatures actually led to further 
public knowledge of this case being brought back to life. So as recently as 2018, only four years ago, really, they're still trying to find the answers that they haven't been able to find. So let's talk about suspects um, or as time's saying lack thereof, because I don't think there's literally really any suspects here. Um, in the initial days of the investigation, police questioned lots of people, but none of these leads went anywhere. But in 2014, Brian McMahon was taken into custody for questioning, but was released the next day. Um, and he did a public interview, basically denying any involvement in Mary's disappearance. So that kind of ended there. It was like, okay, we brought him for questioning. He's cleared. He's fine. Bye. The end. I don't know what led them to question him besides thinking he's a shady character. But the biggest suspect in this case is serial killer Robert Black. Robert was a truck driver who often drove through County Donegal, and there was a good chance he was in the area when Mary was kidnapped. Um, A witness came forward saying that they heard crying in the back of Robert's van around the time Mary was kidnapped. Again, why are we this close to someone's van? Weird vibes to me. If you hear crying in a van and no one's around, why wouldn't you... Say something. Call someone or open the fucking van. I don't know. Like, nowadays, people will break a window if there's a dog in the car. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, it's too hot out. (laughs) Yeah, like, you hear crying, and you're just like, anyways, and you don't come forward till you hear about this disappearance. Weird vibes to me. Um, However, many other people think that there's no possible way that Robert could have kidnapped Mary. A lot of people are saying that he was, he would not have been in the area at the time. They can prove that he wasn't in the area. I don't know. In January 2016, 68-year-old Robert Black died in prison of natural causes while serving 12 life sentences for murdering four young girls. So, again, I think this is one of those things where people are just like, oh, here's a serial killer around the same time. It's him. Because we don't want a ton of bad people in the world. We want one bad person Um, in the world. You talked about that, and I think your point was a good one in the Gabby Petito case. Like, there can be two bad people in Utah yeah. at once. Yeah. There can be two bad people in Ireland at once. And there probably um, are. And likely there are. It's more likely that there are than not. And people want answers, and they're so desperate for answers that they're like, no, you know, this makes sense. Yeah. We'll make it make sense. Um, and I think that's a big part as to why this case probably won't ever be solved, because the answers aren't obvious and the family is still suffering. One thing I don't understand, and maybe they just never publicly talked about it, why is no one talking about Uncle Jerry? Right. He's the last person this year. The whole time I'm researching this, I'm like, okay, now this is the part where they're going to say Uncle Jerry did it. This is the part. And that's why I'm curious about what Sister Anne is saying Mm -hmm. because Uncle Jerry was the last person to see her. Mm -hmm. And he comes back 30 minutes later, doesn't say he's home to anyone, anything like that. Doesn't even notice that Mary's not there, which is weird to me. Like, he has two kids, and then there's Patrick and Sister Anne playing, and then there's Mary. If you knew the kid turned around and walked back, why wouldn't you make sure that she got back? Right. If she's close enough to him that she's like, oh, I'll come with you, or I'm going to follow you, or it's not like he told her to come with him, you know? I don't know, and they obviously, well, not obviously, but most likely cleared him, but, and then Sister Anna's so vehement about, like, oh, she was sexually abused and killed. Why are you so sure of that? Right. Yeah, no, this case is an interesting one. I, I don't know. It's just, it's all, you know, it's usually someone they know, like, statistically, it's very rarely a random person. They're in a secluded place. No neighbors around. He's walking to a neighbor's house. No one has reported seeing a neighbor around. The last person to see her then comes back and says nothing to anyone for an hour and a half. 
all I'm saying. It's a weird thing to me. Right. And especially given what Sister Anne said, like, it just doesn't follow that they wouldn't mention it, even if it was to say, we cleared the uncle. Yeah. But um, in 2005, Mary's father, Charlie, died in a fishing accident. That's really sad. And her mom has said, like, he was my backbone. He was my support system. Like, after that, it was hard to continue to fight this because he was a rock of the family. Well, and I think that follows given that, you know, Sister Anne is still such an advocate for information in this case. She, you know, still has those assertions or those accusations that Mary was sexually assaulted before her possible murder, which created a divide in the family. Yeah. Um, Her mother has gone public stating that she needs to stop seeking publicity for the case. Um, She was interviewed on Highland Radio. Mother Anne said... Things can be done quietly, not running to the dials and running to Westminster and all this carry-on. That's the most ridiculous carry-on I've ever seen in my life. Which is also really weird for me. Why wouldn't you want the most publicity? I've never heard a family member be like, I want no publicity. Let's actually not talk about it. But I almost wonder if Charlie's death resigned her to the fact that, you know, her daughter was six when she went missing. Like, this isn't... I mean, it could just be her way to cope. But also, she has said, because I wrote it here, that she hopes Mary's still alive since there's no evidence for her disappearance. She thinks she's alive, so I'm thinking. And she has said, like, if she is alive, she hopes she's living a good life. So I'm thinking maybe just in her head it's easier for her to be like, she's alive and fine. Yeah. And can't come forward or doesn't want to come forward or, you know, has a new happy life and doesn't remember us. Anything like that. But then she says if she is dead, she just wants to give her a proper Christian burial. Margot O'Donnell still has a pretty public opinion on the case as well. Um, In 2011, she actually wrote and released a single titled The Missing Mary Boyle in order to raise funds to get a new investigation going. She's a friend of the family. I get it. She seems to be the one that won't let it go, though. Like, Anne is definitely still an advocate, the sister. But... Margot O'Donnell, no relation to the family, is the one, you know, I participated in this documentary. I was the one who accused Sean McEniff of interfering with the investigation. And now there's this song that she wrote and all these other things. And it's just like, the family isn't even trying this hard. Yeah. And maybe they're resigned, like you said. Or Or maybe maybe they they know something. Maybe. Maybe I always wonder that with these families that don't really continue to try like especially how the mother is not trying but the sister is maybe the mother knows something because it would have been her brother jerry if it was jerry if we're saying jerry could have done it maybe she knows something and is you know i mean we've seen lots of theories of like like the john bonnet ramsey case now i'm comparing them of course after i said right well i'm just comparing families really but you know, the theory is is that, oh, if the brother did it, we're going to cover it up. Maybe her brother did it, and she doesn't want that kind of publicity and covers it up. That's I don't know. Point. I mean, the yeah. thing with unsolved cases is it just is forever speculation. There's never, you know, with no answer, that's all your mind can do is speculate and wonder. And the likelihood that it's some random person is rarer than someone that you know. Yeah, just definitely. Is. I mean, obviously, she doesn't disappear into thin air. Something happened to her. So, and most likely, she's not alive. And that's the thing about unsolved cases. It's everyone has 
an opinion, especially in the court of public opinion, yeah. and we're not going to know until... I don't think we'll ever know. Right. If someone wanted us to know, we would find out at that point kind of thing. So, I mean, it's been 45 years. If it's an adult that killed her or kidnapped her or took her and she's still alive, they're getting towards, you know, they're getting old. And she, at this point, is what? In her 50s? So. 51. Yeah, she yeah. would have been. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe someone took her and raised her and she doesn't know. You know, I mean, I looked at, up the pictures. There's really not that many pictures of her out there. And if her family isn't talking about it. I don't know. We could speculate on this forever. We could I just have think it's a 17-hour episode. <laughs> There's a lot to be said for people who maybe she doesn't know she's Mary Boyle and she is still alive. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. But you got to say, I mean, this is going to sound so fucked up. When people go missing with no trace, it's a little impressive. Right. I mean, the fact that you can just snatch someone up and just, boop, the end. You never, don't know anything. Because I'm where her her body could be literally anywhere on this planet, if she isn't alive. So we used Wikipedia, um, the Irish Times, Donegal Daily, BBC, and then the YouTube video by Georgia Marie. Um, I did look into that documentary, the Mary Boyle missing Mm. person. It was a lot of bias and blame and I don't think it stands as evidence or appropriate content in terms of research. Well the so. thing about one of those is, is that yeah it is a lot of just speculation. It's going to be and typically I mean we see it on Netflix and Hulu and everything now it usually is one side or the other. Right. Um, you're not going to I mean it's very hard to find a neutral party making a documentary. Absolutely. Which is a bummer but um Thanks for joining us for our bonus episode this month. We will be posting a poll for April's episode on Wednesday, the day this comes out. Um, But if you miss it, you can always message us if you have an idea for an upcoming month. So, Or tell us what you think happened to Mary Boyle. Yeah, definitely tell us. We'll probably have some polls in there. We try to do at least like one poll a week. But make sure you tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your grandma, tell whoever. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you can listen to podcasts. Um, That's it for us today, everybody. Don't follow anyone into the pond. Don't follow anyone into the pond, for sure. But also don't turn back. So I don't really know the solution to that one. Um, But we will see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye.